Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. And we are the parents of four kids under the age of six. We know that parenting can be tough, but it's also the most important thing we have ever done. Each week, we'll share stories from our family and discuss what we're learning as we parent in real life. And hopefully, we can learn something from each other along the way. So join us once a week as we laugh about the highs and lows of parenting. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Episode 8 of Parenting in Real Life. We are very excited. We've had a few people reach out to us and share some articles that they thought would be good to talk about on the podcast. So thank you to those who are sharing. We'd love to hear from more of you. But before we get into this week's article, I wanted to share a real-life parenting moment. So Jack is now fully mobile. He can crawl, and he loves crawling up stuff, especially our stairs. The problem is that he often falls, <laughs> so we try and keep him from going up the stairs if we're not watching him. But he likes to sneak over there and do it, and we can tell already that he's going to fit in with the rest of our kids just fine. He's a little punk like the rest of them. <laughs> he um, will crawl over and start going up the stairs, but then he'll wait on the stairs until we notice. And then he'll you'll go over, and as you turn around the corner to the stairs... He'll be looking, waiting for us, so he's like watching to see when we come, and then he gets excited and starts cracking up, and then crawling up the stairs. And then, so you bring him back and put him in the living room, and then the next time, he will laugh the entire way to the stairs. He's just cracking up as he's crawling over the stairs, and he just, he loves it. He already finds great joy and humor in being a punk to his parents. It's it's cute, though. At least it's cute. It is cute. All, all Everybody. kid punk things are cute after the fact <laughs> that's true when i have to keep going and getting him and then i put up the stair the gate for the stairs and he gets super mad he's like ah you ruined my fun <laughs> so this week my friend and old roommate whitney suggested a uh, article for us to talk about so thank you whitney we appreciate that um she suggested this mom threw out her, her kids toys and got her life back it was an article on abc news And it's all about this mom who threw away her kids, well not threw them away, gave away her kids' toys. So we're going to, we're going to go through the article and discuss what she said and kind of talk about our own experiences with kids' toys because we've definitely had some experiences with that. We haven't gotten rid of all of our kids' toys, but I'm all in. I'm ready. (laughs) No, after we read this, I was like, uh, can we do this? Let's, let's get rid of all their toys. (laughs) I hate toys. So the first thing she it, she kind of introduces herself and the experience that she had, and she this is a mom with four kids. Um, she had a room completely dedicated to toys, so you know a playroom, which is pretty common in most households, I think. If you if you have a spare bedroom or or a play area, and she says that she'd send the kids up to the playroom and they would dump out a few things, and then they'd be back a few minutes later saying they were bored and asking for snacks. And this is definitely true for us. We will send our kids upstairs, you know, tell them to go play up upstairs with their toys. And sometimes, I mean, it's hard enough to get them up the stairs. And then once we do get them up the stairs, within like five minutes, they're back down the stairs. And I'm bored and I'm hungry. And <laughs> This is one of those things where like maybe your memory of your childhood is distorted. But I swear, that's all we did. Like we would get home from school and we would get a snack. And then my mom was like, go away. Go outside. Go downstairs. Go somewhere. But we were not allowed, and I don't remember fighting that. Like, isn't that nice, like, to go and, you know, I don't know what the matter with our kids is. But if you figured it out, let us know, because our kids will not leave. They will want an adult around. Yeah, I don't remember that being an issue when we were kids, like, needing an adult there. I, I think we just went and did stuff, you know? Yeah. I don't know. 
so our kids, they, you know, if they do go upstairs, they usually dump out some of their, I have some baskets with their toys and they'll usually dump them out all over their room and, and bring some things downstairs sometimes and spread them out. We have a basket of toys downstairs too with mostly baby's toys in them, which will all get dumped out. And so I feel like I'm just cleaning up all day long. Little mm-hmm. toys everywhere, you know, all over the place. So, um, so she said that she wasn't enjoying motherhood and she would just wait until nap time and bedtime because she was just in survival mode. And she just thought that that's the way that it was. Mm-hmm. And that, candidly, I've felt that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. <so> <laughs> uh, so she finally had enough and decided to give away all her kids' toys. Now, this wasn't a punishment for her kids. She just didn't want the, the toys around anymore. So she gave them away and got rid of the, the clutter and the chaos. And she said that this saved her marriage and her motherhood. Um, and there was actually a study done in 2012 from UCLA Center on the Everyday Lives of Family, and they found that managing the volume of possessions was such a crushing problem in many homes that it actually elevated levels of stress ho- hormones for mothers. So what she's saying is valid, that having too much stuff and chaos does bring stress to moms. You know, it is, it is stressful. It's a real thing. Yeah. So after she got rid of the toys, she waited for the temper tantrums to happen, and they never came. She said that literally overnight that things changed in our house, and the whining about being bored ended. And I I just don't know if that would really happen to our kids. Like, I feel a little... Uh, pessimistic? Yeah, that's the word. A little pessimistic about that. Just... I mean, even downstairs, uh, Cammie wanted to watch a show on my phone, I had deleted the app off my phone and then she sat in there and like i'm bored like she wasn't in her room she wasn't playing with toys she just told me she was bored right so i think i think the boredom would still be there which i you know i read things that say boredom's okay and i'm fine right. with her saying that she's bored i just right. don't think that would getting rid of toys would completely dismiss that yeah i don't think so either but i think i would feel better about them being bored because right yeah. now it's like why the heck are you bored you have an entire room full of toys you know like go play with your toys and Not so sure. i think Maybe this would help us, like, say, yep, you are bored, so figure it out, you know? Yeah. Because I think we kind of, toys are a crush for parents. So you, you buy them expecting them to be, like, a little babysitter for your kid, and they yeah. just don't, you know? That's true. I would feel, I think you feel less frustrated. Yeah. Knowing that there's not a bunch of stuff upstairs that they should be playing with that they're right. not playing with. Right. And it sense. would be like, how can we creatively come up with a solution to your boredom? Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Um, and I do have to be honest, I was definitely, I mean, we don't have a playroom right now. Um, we don't have space for that. And so I've always dreamt of having a house with a playroom, you know, and just have all the toys in the playroom and the kids can go in there and play. And, and now after reading this article and thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? I don't think that they would use the playroom how I'd want them to, you Mm -hmm. know, like it wouldn't be this place where they could just go and imagine and have fun and play. It would probably never be used and just be a mess all the time. Unless you locked them in there. (laughs) Put a lock on it. Um, another person that they mentioned in the article, her name is Beth Betcher, and she um, is the owner of Be Organized, a professional organization service. And so she helps people get more organized. And she said that a major theme among moms is having trouble clearing the toys is, the, is that they have guilt. And her mantra is, if you don't need it, use it or love it, get rid of it. And I think this is true for me. I do feel guilty about getting rid of my kids' toys. And... I mean, that could be a lot of things. Like, maybe it was a gift given to them by one of their grandparents. Or uh, maybe I have seen them play with it sometimes, and I just hope that they're going to play with it again. Or maybe, or, you know, even things that we've bought. I'm like, no, I want them to play with this, and so I won't 
throw it away because I, I want them. We spent money on it and I want them to play with it. Mm -hmm. And I thought they would like it. Yeah. I think this does two things. One, I think that it is a good way to like go through your stuff mm -hmm. because there's some things that I feel like we should keep, but I think this this rule allows you to keep some things. Yeah. You know, if you love it and use it, then yes, absolutely. Keep it. But I know for us, like so much of our toys don't really have a theme. They don't get played with mm -hmm. and they're just little and it's those things that I feel like I'm cleaning up all the time. That's true. You These know, little... it's the garbage stuff that nobody's going to play with. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you got rid of the stuff that nobody plays with, you'd be left with a few good things that people actually play with. And then when there is a mess, there wouldn't be that much to clean up. Mm -hmm. The mom in this article, she said that all of her kids' toys fit in one bucket. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, she went and way... she has four kids, yeah? Yeah, she has four kids. So she, like, got rid of everything. But when you look at the bucket, it was mostly, it looked like blocks or, like, train tracks type thing. And then a few dinosaurs for the boys and that that was like it, yeah. you know. Who has four kids nowadays? She's crazy. <laughs> we do. Ugh. We have four kids. <laughs> we do. Um, but oh, anyway. sorry. So the other thing about that is I think that's also helpful when buying your kids' toys. And I know we all try and do this well, but if you're not convinced, if you're not sure that your kids are going to love it and use it, maybe don't get it. Mm -hmm. I think part of the problem is that we give our kids so many toys, especially at once. You know, you give like mm -hmm. Christmas and, and birthdays. birthdays. For us, that's the only time our kids get toys. Yeah. But when they get them, it's like, you know, something from grandma and something from the other grandma and so a couple things from us. And so it's like, it just like kind of gets lost in the chaos and never gets loved. That's true. Um, one of the things that I've really liked that I've seen around that we do with our family now is that you only do like four Christmas presents. Mm -hmm. um, only one's a toy. Yeah, something something you want, something you need, something to wear, and something to read. So the toy is usually just the want. And so you get them one toy. And, you know, and Santa brings a toy. So they usually get, like, two or three toys. but And then toys from grandmas and grandpas, but from us. So see how that, that quickly adds up. A toy from us, a toy from Santa, a toy from grandma, and a toy from another grandma. You know? Like, all of a sudden they got the, lots of toys. So even with us just making it simple and having one toy from us... Like it still adds up really fast. Maybe we should make this something you want from Santa. Oh, it's true. I we mean, could do that. We could just let what Santa brings. Yeah, out. be the toy. Yeah. That's true. I like that. I'm going to do that. So then um, Beth Betcher went on to say that some of her clients can't even go into a store without leaving with, with a new toy. And she says, we're hurting our children. It has to stop. And I usually try to avoid the toy aisles when we were at like Target and Costco because I know once I let the kids start looking, they're going to just ask for all of these toys. And I have to tell them, no, it's Christmas or no, it's for uh, your birth. Wait till your birthday, you know, and and usually that's an excuse enough to get them to kind of realize that I'm not going to get them a toy right now. Yeah. But yeah, just avoiding those aisles altogether mm -hmm. really helps the trip go a lot better. <laughs> yep. And we've had the benefit of being extremely poor our whole marriage. <laughs> And so it's been pretty easy to say no. So I don't, like I say, we only yeah. get our kids stuff for birthdays and Christmas. Um, but that's something that we want to continue to do. Kids don't need toys, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like it's fun to have a nice birthday and stuff, but they don't need more toys than that. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I will say is that Alexis does like to do the dollar aisle, and that's kind of like her prize for when she goes to stores. I know, I think and I a lot of our that. 
junky toys that clutter up our house and toy boxes, I think, are the dollar toys. I know. I use it as a prize to help them be good at the store. I say, okay, you can go to the dollar section and pick out a prize. But it usually is, because it's a dollar, so it is something junky and it usually ends up breaking or it's on the floor, you know. Or doesn't break, which is worse, because then you have it forever. (laughs) You can't throw it away. (laughs) We have a stupid elastic snake that we've had for eternity, and I finally split it in half because I was (laughs) using it, but... I was happy that it broke because we could finally throw it away. That's true. I probably need to stop that. Uh, she said if this is a problem, like if you do feel guilty about getting rid of your kids' toys, that a good thing to do is to help you feel good about it is find a place where you can donate it. And this kind of helps get rid of that guilt. So if you if you feel good about where you're, putting these, like where you're giving these toys, it'll help you be motivated to get rid of them. Yeah. Feel good about it. You're not hurting your kids. No kid was ever benefited by having toys. Mm-hmm. Something we do that um, my mom used to do when we were kids is before Christmas, we'd go through all of our toys and get rid of the things that we don't play with anymore. And so, you know, by us, there's Goodwill, or when we lived in Utah, we'd do Desert Industries. Mm-hmm. So there's places that will take the toys. Um, I've heard some people, like, they'll put everything in a bag and put it on the porch. There's, like, some story with it, and, and Santa comes and picks them up. And so the kids are giving the toys back to Santa for him to fix up and give to other kids or whatever. And so there's things you can do to get your kids motivated to give up their toys. Um, what we, what I tell my kids when we're cleaning them out is that we're getting our toys ready to give to kids who um, have less than we have. Um, you know, if we give it to Goodwill, then that way other people can, can buy it from a secondhand store. And, you know, kids can use it. So that helps them be more excited about giving away their toys and to think about it a little more and not be so clingy to them. Yeah. So I never mentioned the mom's name in this story. Her name's Allie. And uh, she said that because this was such a success, they ended up going through their whole house and getting rid of things, and they downsized. And she started her own business called The Purposeful Housewife. It's a blog about living minimally. And then she decided to homeschool her kids. And so <laughs> I went, that was a little too far there, you know, going homeschool with the, the homeschooling the kids for us. But um, I think she was just trying to say how before she couldn't wait for her kids to go to bed, and now she's willing to homeschool them. And, and that's great for her. Um, I actually really love that our <laughs> kids are in school. It's been really nice. <laughs> I love school. <laughs> And now she said that her kids are really close and they use their imaginations. And when they play with games, like they'll use simple things like a broomstick. And that's what they do together. And there's no more, I was playing with that or, you know, fighting over their toys. And I mean, that's how our kids are too when they're playing together. They um, are usually playing with blankets and they'll make a tent, you know, mm-hmm. or they're taking the couches or the cushions off the couch and, and, um, make a little sleeping area for the kids. You know, when they're playing together, they're not playing with toys. They're playing with things that they find around the house to um, make an imaginary scene. You know? Absolutely. By far the best moments of play between siblings for our kids are when they're using their imaginations. And generally, there aren't any toys involved, mm-hmm. which is interesting to think about. That, you know, you're trying to buy kids toys so they can be happy and to show you love them, but also because you kind of hope that they're going to play with them without you around you know like that they'll be able to be entertained by their toys but that just isn't the case generally you Mm -hmm. know certainly anecdotally for our our family that's not the case 
I think it's interesting. If you think about the, the toys that our kids do play with, it tends to be, for our girls, sometimes they'll play with their their dolls or their Barbies, um, if any. And Nathan will play with, like, cars and trucks and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting to think, like, we have a little toy kitchen and a little vanity. And the kids really liked it for, like, the first day that they had it. And yet now they almost never play with them. Mm -hmm. And I think the toys that are really successful are the objects. Things that can become part of the imaginary play. Whereas, like, the props, the kids just don't seem to like it. You know, we have doctor's sets and and all these things that you'd think would like be great but kids imaginations don't really need props you know they they can go and think and imagine on their own and they don't seem to to care if there's props involved and so props in some ways limit them you know because they're in their imagination they're you know on the school bus and then in space and then in the jungle and all these things and like props can't keep up you know so um it, it kind of makes you question, okay, like, are we getting the right toys? Are these things that um, they could use in their imaginary games or, or not? I've always seen people joke about all you need to give a kid is, like, a cardboard box, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. I mean, really. It's so true. And they can turn that into a spaceship or, you know, or color it and do whatever they want. And that's really all they need is just this box. Yeah. And it it just makes me think, too, about, you know, before – We had all of these big toys. Like, you know, what did kids do hundreds of years ago? You know, they didn't have stuff like this. They played with a stick and a and a hoop, you know, and they had little rag dolls and that was enough for them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. My my mom is one of the best gift givers for children. She she still is, but her big thing was that she likes um toys that let a kid use their imagination. And so she loves blocks and she loves used to be a whole brand of toys, and I don't know if it's around anymore, Discovery Toys, and everything they made was like that. It was meant to to start a kid thinking. She does not like toys with lights and buzzers, and we all know as parents that those are the worst. Anyways, because they're always going off. Um, oh, it's and, like you're trying to put Nathan to bed, ugh. and he hears little noises in his room, all the toys that he's touching. It's like, oh, I'm just going to oh, bed. Yeah, we just, we'd never buy batteries for toys because we love when they go dead. She never buys toys like that. She buys toys that um, teach, allow the kids to imagine and, and think. And they're also, those tend to be the toys that last and get played with, you know. They're the simplest toys, but because they are so versatile, um, the kids use them. We have, a, we have a box of wooden blocks that literally I grew up with, and now we have them, and the kids still love them. And they make, you know, the other day they were making... Nathan was making a garage for his cars, and the girls were making a castle for their dolls. And, you know, these are the oldest toys we have in the house, and they're the ones that are actually getting playtime. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So in preparation for this podcast, I asked Cammy what her favorite uh, toys are. And what she said was her teddy bear, which she's had since she was a baby. It was like one of the first things that we bought for Literally her. Literally her first gift. <laughs> You know, it's been washed a couple of times. It's one of those. It used to be like this plush little bear. Now there's like hardly any stuffing left in it. Had one of those ribbons around its neck, and I had to just keep tightening it and tightening it until the wash was going down. Um, So then I asked her, well, what else? Like, what do you like to play with? And she said, I don't know. I don't really play with my toys very much. 
I was like, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> but then I started asking her, I'm like, well, would you be sad if we started getting rid of your toys? And she said yes, but I think it's probably more of a possessive thing rather than actually being caring about these toys, you know? Yeah. She actually spends most of her time doing art. Mm-hmm. That's her biggest thing. When she comes home from school, she wants to color, and she loves making things and crafts and stuff. And so that's what she spends a lot of her time doing, like, we um we stayed home from church today, me and her, because she she's been sick and went on and took the other kids and and that's what she did all morning. She just made stuff. She painted, she colored, she cut out things. That's how she spent you know a couple hours, mm-hmm. and that's what she wanted to do. And then later she said that she was bored, and I was like, well, why don't you go play with your toys upstairs after we after we just had this conversation? She's like, I don't want to. Nobody's up there with me and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, so. Anyway, she she was bored, but yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, that art set that she loves to play with was a gift for my mom, and I mean it's just typical of of the kind of gifts she gives to our kids. Things that she knows they'll like, you know, she knows that Cammy likes art, um, but that will allow her to be creative and imaginative, and it works. Of all the toys, I never would have thought that this art set would be the one that gets more use than anything else, but it is. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, she actually uses it because she likes to likes to do art and likes to be creative, and and so she uses it several times a week. Yep. Why don't you wrap it up for us, Alan? All right. So, um, essentially, um, the big takeaways for me from this were that um, there's a benefit to less when it comes to toys. And and I think that we have seen that to some degree, but I think that this article really made me want to go even further and get rid of all the little stuff that they don't actually play with. I think our kids are possessive just because there's four of them and they've learned to be possessive of everything they have. But I love that rule of if you don't use it and love it, then get rid of it. And I think that we could have a really good cleaning session if we did that, um, if we just went through. And, and one idea that we were talking about earlier is it might be good, you know, as the holidays are coming up, to do three bags. And we kind of do this anyways, but usually we just have two bags, one for trash, things that obviously aren't even good enough to go to Goodwill, um, and then one for things that are good but that we just don't play with, that would we take to Goodwill. And I wonder if a third bag might be good of things that maybe they would like but we don't really know if they play with and set those things aside. And if they bring it up between now and Christmas, then we'll let them get it back. (laughs) But if they don't realize that it's gone, then, you know, they don't really need it. And I think that that might be a good way to really figure out, like, do our kids really play with these things or not? Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is just when you are trying to go through this, you can help yourself feel better about it. If you pick a good place to take these things, a place where uh, you can feel good about it whether that's you know somebody in need in your neighborhood or or you know goodwill or whatever it is certainly don't have to throw this stuff away there's probably a lot of good good use in some of these things and so because our kids don't play with it heaven knows so uh (laughs) you can definitely let somebody else enjoy it so thank you whitney we uh loved reading the article and thinking about this And we'd love to hear from more of you. If anybody else has seen an article on parenting or anything to do uh, with being a parent or being a mom or being a dad or uh, just this stage of life that we're all going through, send it our way. Or we'd love to hear about how you deal with toys and your kids. Are you a no-toy parent? Are you give them everything they want? And how does that go for you? 
Um, we know there's lots of different ways to handle the toy thing. I think my sister recycles them, essentially. So you kind of put two-thirds of the toys away, and then you bring out a new third every couple of weeks so that they always feel new and they're excited to have those toys. And then once they get bored of them, you put that third away and get another third out. Um, so if you've done that, if you've done anything, let us know. You can uh, shoot us an email. We're at parentinginreallifepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us. I'm at Alan T. Tanner. And I'm at Alexis Tanner one You can also find me on Instagram at LearnAsWeGo or on my blog at LearnAsWeGo.org. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, give us a rating. Ratings help us uh, float higher in the search results when people are looking for parenting podcasts. So that really helps us out. And a special thanks to our four kids for being kids.